0: Welcome to the Remick Country Doctor Museum and Farm podcast, brought to you by the Remick Country Doctor Museum and Farm, which honors two generations of country doctors, father and son, Edwin Remick and Edwin Crafts Remick, who practiced medicine in of New Hampshire for 99 consecutive years. We at Remick Museum seek to preserve the past to educate the future, using the Remick doctors and the Remick family to tell the story of the medical practice and agricultural way of life of the country doctor. On this episode, we'll be exploring a chapter from the life of the elder Dr. Remick. Enjoy. Edwin Remick, the youngest of three surviving siblings, was born in Tamworth, New Hampshire in 1866 to Levi Remick and his wife Harriet Bede Remick. Young Edwin attended the town school in Tamworth and then Frybury Academy and Northwood Academy. During his medical training, he spent a year with Tamworth physician Dr. Bassett, whom he accompanied on house calls. Upon his graduation from Vermont Medical School in 1894, he returned to Tamworth to practice medicine. The life of a country doctor was very different from that of medical practitioners today. As a general practitioner, he provided every aspect of medical care for his patients, seven days a week from birth to death. Before vaccinations, the country doctor did little to prevent disease. He did his best to care for the sick. His patients contracted scarlet fever, diphtheria, mumps, measles, tuberculosis, and rubella. And he did his best to treat the symptoms and quarantine the household. The doctor treated seriously ill patients alone without the ability to refer them to a specialist. He also dispensed his own medications, acting not only as doctor, but also as pharmacist. In addition to treating patients in his office, Dr. Remick made house calls. Frequently, he would stay for extended periods of time while watching critically ill patients or waiting for the birth of a baby. Today, we often take for granted our technology in diagnosing illness. The elder Dr. Remick would have had a mercury thermometer and a stethoscope, but little else. He did not have access to a radiology department providing x-rays, CAT scans, or MRIs to reveal injuries. Dr. Emmerich would have depended on his senses to observe the symptoms and make a diagnosis. And he performed his own blood and urine tests at home. Before trauma centers, accidents often led to death or disability. Physical therapy as we know it today did not exist. Without antibiotics, infected wounds could result in death or amputations. Surgery was an option of last resort. But there come extraordinary situations where last resorts are called upon. During the winter of 1899, a boy named Bertie of about 5 years old was involved in an accident at a sawmill in South Tamworth. Two fingers on Bertie's left hand were completely severed as well as part of a third. They bandaged the boy up as well as they could and sent him home, while someone went to fetch the doctor. By the time Dr. Remick was contacted, had his horse saddled and sleigh hitched up, and made his way to the boy's home in Whittier, it was after dark. The doctor went to a neighboring house and recruited a neighbor to assist him in the impending operation. His new recruit's main job was to hold a kerosene lamp over the kitchen table turned operating theater. Birdie's mother assisted by restraining Birdie while he was under the influence of ether as administered by Dr. Remick the doctor worked at reattaching Birdie's severed fingers, a job that he, along with his assistants, completed successfully. In the words of Bertie's friend Harlan Bryant, the reattached fingers were sort of stiff, but his hand looked alright and they were a lot better than no fingers at all. Quite an accomplishment for a country doctor in 1899. Today, Birdie's unfortunate injury would have played out very differently. First, Someone would call 911 on their cell phone. First responders arrive within minutes by ambulance to stop the bleeding, stabilize the patient, and pack up the severed fingers. The EMTs call ahead to the local emergency room and provide the vital statistics and other information. At the ER, a doctor evaluates the situation and calls in a surgeon for a consultation. The surgeon reserves a surgical suite to perform the reattachment of the fingers. The temperature of the surgical suite is set at 70 to 75 degrees to reduce the metabolic demand of the patient. The humidity is controlled at 50% to reduce bacterial growth and the room has positive air pressure. This maintains the room's sterility by preventing any outside air from entering the suite when a door opens. Dr. Mimic, would have had no control of the humidity, air pressure, or sterility of the air. To control temperature, he could have moved the kitchen table, which served as his operating table, closer. farther away from the wood stove. Today all surgical instruments are sterilized in an autoclave at 275 degrees Fahrenheit for 4 minutes. Dr. Remick would have had to boil water on the cook stove and sterilize his instruments in the boiling water. Today the patient and the stand which holds the instrument are draped in a sterile disposable cloth. A sterilely draped microscope assists the surgeon to see the blood vessels which need to be reattached. Dr. Remick may have had a magnifying glass in his doctor's bag. Today, a patient is intravenously given antibiotics during surgery to combat infection. Dr. Remick had no access to antibiotics that night because penicillin was not available during his lifetime. Today, patients are wheeled into recovery where they are monitored by a recovery room nurse. Before discharge, the patient is given a prescription for antibiotics, a follow-up appointment, with a surgeon and instructions to call physical therapy to schedule an appointment. Dr. Remick would have had to wait about 30 minutes for Bertie to reawaken from the ether and he most likely stayed the night to monitor his young patient. The elder doctor dealt with challenges and privations exclusive to country doctors of his time. It is a testament to his skill, ingenuity, dedication, and fortitude that he tackled the job of a physician surgeon, and pharmacist, single-handedly. This has been the Remick Country Doctor Museum and Farm podcast from Remick Country Doctor Museum and Farm, located in scenic Tamworth, New Hampshire. This is your host, Angie Walker. Special thanks to Taylor Sullivan for our theme music. The Remick Country Doctor Museum and Farm is open year-round. For information about our schedule events, hours, admission, directions, or to learn more about the Dr. Remick Visit our home on the web, rammickmuseum.org. The Captain Enoch Remick House itself is open for guided tour from late spring to early fall. Please check our website for details. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon.